0: Good morning everyone, hope you have a wonderful day. We continue, we left off, and today we're dedicating the Kshir to the Neshama. Today is Phil's uh, we just got up from Shiva. <laughs> so we continued on 56B on the last line of the bottom. The fifth chapter in Ksuvas is the apple Okay, Look, the sister of Rambacham was married. So she lost the Ksuvas. the couple came before Rav Yisro. and her came to the sister. Came before said, is the one who says that if. At any anysva that's less than two hundred for a virgin and um, and even if it was conditional, and the condition was not fulfilled, nevertheless, it's a promiscuous union if they stay married. Of course she has no confidence, she has no confidence in it. So, so too, in this case, also, according to the mayor, even though if anything happens, becomes if she's divorced or she becomes a widow, the court will give her the k'suba, even if she doesn't have a written document. It's a, it's a condition of the court. With it, the, the, without a written document, it doesn't matter. Any married woman is divorced, or the widow gets... But nevertheless, since it was a ksuv and it was lost, so she loses confidence. She said maybe their husband will argue that it was paid. If she has a document, he can't argue it was paid. because she has a document, it was paid, he would rip it up. But here, so she loses confidence, and therefore, if they stay, if they marry together, not to be married even for one moment, because if they're married, it's like a promiscuous union. So according to the mayor, also, you would have to have a ksuvan. You can't live a minute without a ksuvan. You lose the ksuv, you have to immediately write a ksuvan, or else you can't live together. But according to the rabbis, you can even be without a ksova for two, three years. What's the difference? Anyway, if anything happens, the court will enforce and make sure she gets a ksova even without a document. So she lost it, it's no big deal. Pretty and, and it's not considered the promiscuous unit. So, whenever Rabbi Rab mayor is, is strict above and beyond the Torah, we follow the Rabbi Meir. So, therefore, since Rabbi mayor is strict and says if you can't live with your wife, you can't live together without a ksuva, even for a moment, you should, you should be strict and follow Rabbi Meir. Rabbi says, If that's the case, you write, go write her a ksuva. And that's the You're not allowed to live together even for a minute without the ksuvah. She's the guard to make sure she has the ksuvah in her possession, till 120 for the next 90 years of their life together. Okay. Uh, when Abdimie came to Babylonia from the land of Israel, he said, the name of Hashem Paz, said, the name of Hashem ben in the name of Ba'khar Pot, the argument in Nabi We learned yesterday whether you can make an oral an oral condition to reduce the K'suvah, if you can say it orally, or she has to give it in writing, waive her rights instead of 100, 200, 100, instead of 150. Whether it has to be in writing even orally, this argument is only if it's in the beginning in other words when they're getting married right off the bat when they're getting married okay but if if at the end everyone holds that she, she can't forgive uksuva <coughs> so then since it's the beginning he said, I'm marrying you in the condition that I only have to give you half so then the wife can say orally that I forgive you so Rabbi Yezhi says that's good but after already they're married yeah. and he already committed and there's a k'suvah he already committed then an oral forgiveness is not enough according to anyone. That's the opinion of Bar Kappara. Rabbi Yechna says no, it doesn't matter. Rabbi Yechna would say that oral forgiveness helps even after the fact even in the middle of the marriage. He says, okay, I want you to forgive me. He says, okay, I forgive you and that's good enough. He's not it was explained he's to me like what Rabbi Eichonin meant. Uh, no, but Rabbi Shulamalavi, the Palgida, that I, Rabbi Eichonin, Rabbi and that not we're not arguing. It's not an argument. My the When he says, I'm sure is sure talking about the beginning. What he's referring to means the beginning of the chuppah. There's the beginning of the chuppah. When he enters into the chuppah. then you have. Then you have the end of the chuppah, but before they're intimate. And then you have the intimacy. So it's three three stages. So now be sure, Malevi says at the beginning he's talking about chiles chuppah. And what does he mean? Saif? He means Saif beer, the end, the consummation of the marriage. When I say that they're arguing whether in the beginning or the end, what I mean is meaning at the end of the chuppet, but before, before they're intimate, before they consummate the marriage. You didn't so I'll be sure, when I'm sure Malavi says that even Abyeisi agrees, in, you did something by not doing yeah. that you can't reduce the ksova orally, he's talking about after they were intimate. Once they're intimate, it's locked Wait, in. Sorry, then she has to give it in writing to waive her rights. Oh, that's not okay. When sure um, and when he says the beginning, the argument in the beginning, uh, he means the entire chuppah from the beginning of the chuppah throughout the whole chuppah till till the intimacy. I but when Abiyachon is saying beginning, it means the beginning of the chuppah, and he says the arguing both the beginning at the end. It means the beginning of the chuppah, the end of the chuppah. But when, once they're intimate, then it's locked in. So, but if it's but the whole time of the chuppah, <laughs> then she can. Rabbi Yissey says she can orally forgive mm-hmm. a part of the ksavah. So there is no argument. said <laughs> Habin when Habin came from Babylonia to Eretz Yisrael, Amr He said Abshimim Pazi Amr The exact opposite. Machloikas <laughs> is at the end. Rabbi Huda holds at once, once it's already done, locked in, then she can't forgive orally. Then she has to put her, waiver rights in writing. But in the beginning, right at the beginning of the marriage, everyone holds. Even Rabbi Huda agrees that she can forgive it orally. Rabbi Yehuda says, no the argument is not only at the end even in the beginning they're also arguing says this is a different version to me it was explained we're not arguing with each other we're talking about two different things talking about the end he means She's so saying so he's saying that the argument is only at the end of the khuk. From the beginning of the khupah, when they're just going into the khupah, everyone agrees that um, that you could waive she could waive her rights even orally. Beginning of the ksuva, everyone agrees that she can waive her rights. Seif with says, the argument is whether it's the beginning at the end. I'm talking about beer beer. The beginning of the intimacy, the end of the intimacy. In other words, he's talking about the, the second stage, the end of the chuppah, which leads in, that's the beginning, which leads into the intimacy. So he says, in those, in those cases, in those cases, we're all on the same page. We're all saying, in those cases, that, that, that's the argument, Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Yehuda says, she has to, she waves her rights, it has to be in writing. And Rabbi says it could be orally, but when it comes, when you start the in the beginning of the chup, everyone agrees. Rabbi Yechon says, of course, everyone agrees that it's enough to where wa- she can waive her rights even orally; she doesn't have to what put it, it down I mean? in writing. So Rabbi Dimi says that the argument is in the beginning, uh, and Rabbi says no. In the beginning, everyone holds that uh, that you can even orally, you can you can forgive. Okay. The argument is at the end of the khop. So this is a whole. Right. And um, <laughs> that's the argument. But what if after the intimacy, <laughs> this is the argument. According to Rabdimi Dimi, Rabbi agrees it has to be in writing. Once it's intimate, it's locked in. And, and according to Rabbi, no. Once it's intimate, everyone holds that they're still arguing. whether She can still forgive. According to Rabbi she can still forgive oral. I'm up <laughs> 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 not for <what> said, <laughs> said. To me, it was explained Rabbi Yehuda, says <laughs> Rabbi Shmuel that Rabbi Yehuda is saying that I and Rabbi Shmuel were not arguing with each other. We're saying the same thing. We're just using different terminology. Have a minute. I would think Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shmuel Lepli. I would say they are arguing. Rabbi Dimi and Rabbi Lepli. I would say Rabbi Dimi and Rabbi are not arguing. Because my saif, the kamarab, when Rabin says, Dabin, who came from Babylonia, when he said that the argument is at the end, but not at the beginning, when he says at the end, you know what he's talking about? My saif, the saif the end of the chuppah. That's it. He's not talking about bia. In other words, bia, everyone agrees. Or my he says, Abdimu came from uh, Israel to Babylonia and he said that the argument is only in the beginning he's talking about chilas Bia again he's he was referring to the end of the chope the same period the same time they're just using different language but in the case of Bia everyone agrees once the intimate the consummate the marriage is locked in she has to waive a right. she has to put it in writing and in the beginning, when we starting the chuppah, everyone agrees that orally you can forgive. But what should I do? That's what I would think. I would think without rabba But now came and clarified. <laughs> but Rabbi is saying, that saying that I and Abishur Levi are not arguing with each other. So therefore, Rabbi Echen and Abishur and Levi are not arguing with each other. And say you can't say that Rav Dimi and Navin. And not arguing with each other. The and Rabin are arguing with each other. If you're going to say, you reconciled Rabbi Eichnon, and Rabbi Shubh agree, you yeah. that the argument of Rabbi Eich and Rabbi Huda is both at the beginning and at the end, mm-hmm. see, you can't, you can't reconcile it with Rabin's, Rabin's version. Because he says, that both at the beginning and at the end... The argument even is both at the beginning and at the end. The end of the chuppah... I would say everyone is... that's the argument. In the beginning, no one is arguing. the beginning of the chuppah, orally, you can wave it even orally. Once there's a bia once there's intimacy it's locked in according to everyone that has to be in writing. The argument is at the end of the chuppah. That's what our papa would have said. But now that Rabbi Vuh said that he explained the argument that he says that I and Abishu are not arguing and he says clearly he says clearly that he's talking about the beginning of the chuppah, the end of the chuppah. Um, he says "In the beginning of cohabitation, beginning of the... Con- then there is an argument. So clearly there is an argument. Even even after they consummated the marriage, according to Rab. Well, I'm just to and according to Rab Dimi, well, according to Rab Dimi, right. according to Rab Dimi, right. They're arguing even at the beginning of the chuppah. Even according to the beginning of the chuppah, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it has to be in writing. It can't be oral. So it's not like Rabbi Papa. According to Rabbi the Papa, there's no argument. So what's the law according to Rabbi Papa? Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the chuppah, everyone holds you can waive the rights uh, just by forgiving, orally. After the, b- after the consummate of the marriage, according to everyone, it has to be in writing. You can't just forgive orally. The argument is at the end of the chuppah. Yeah. That, that's how Rabbi Papa would have learned. According to Rav Dimir, according to Rav Ravin, no. Either they're arguing, either even at the beginning. Even at the beginning, Rabbi Buddha says, even the beginning of the Chorpa has to be in writing. Or according to Ravin, they're even arguing at the end, after the intimacy, the consummation of the marriage, according to Rabbi you could still waive her rights orally. Kumar says, Mike Marshall, what's our Papa coming to teach us? At the end of the day, Rabbi said, that's not the correct interpretation. So he says, how mm-hmm. come he's coming to teach us the What's the point of telling us since anyway Rabavu is correct? He accepts Rabavu's interpretation. So what's he coming to? I would have learned otherwise. If not for Rabavua. Well, what do we learn from that? He's coming to teach us. That whenever you have an option, there's an argument of Amadoim, then you have another We're set of Amaroyim who are arguing about what they said, what they meant. One version is that they meant the same thing, they're on the same page. They're just using different language, but they mean the same thing. Or another version is that they really are arguing and trying to explain the reason. So I would rather choose rather choose the version of where they're explaining the reasoning. Because if you're gonna say if you're gonna say they're arguing about a version so, then one of them is lying. One of them is, is saying something wrong. Either he said this, he said that. He can't say both. A better, better option is that they're not arguing about a version. They really are arguing, and he's explaining the reason behind the argument. He holds this way, and he holds the other way. Then they could both be right. Everything in Torah is real. This logic is a correct logic. This logic is a correct logic would rather, if not for Rabbi Vua, I would rather say that they're not arguing at all. Instead of having two different versions of what they said, Dimi is saying one thing and he's saying another thing, uh, two different things. He said this, or he said this, the same names. Either the Rabbi said this, or he said this. I mean, you can't be both. So I would rather reconcile Rav Dimi and Avin that they really mean the same thing. They're just using different language, but they're not arguing in, in a fact. Versus versus the way Vuh interpreted, of being which is which is which is an argument. So in, in in reality, he said this. I said the exact opposite. Either everyone agrees that that uh, uh, oral is enough, oral forgiveness is enough. Or everyone uh, everyone agree, according to that, like, even Abi uh, agrees that there's a time when she can waive orally, or right? Or everyone agrees. Or the other version is on the contrary, that everyone agrees that that even after intimacy, you can still wave your right orally. Or the other version, even in the beginning, you have to write. Waving orally is not good. Either you said this or said that. It's hard. So I would rather, he says, if not for Rabbi Vua, he's coming to teach me, I would rather reconcile Rabbah Dimi and Nabi and say that they're saying the same thing. They're just using different language. And that's what he's coming to teach us. Now we have that option. Always choose the option of that they're not arguing what the amurda said. He said what he said day and he said night. The same amurda. <laughs> he can't be both. Okay. But if you're arguing about a logic, about a reasoning, okay, they could both be right. So this is a logical reason. It's a logical reason. So better say that, that they're arguing about the reasoning then, and then, in that sense, they could both be right. Okay, <laughs> next Mishnah. <laughs> we give the P'sula, the virgin, we give her 12 months. We should talk about once a husband says, Okay, I'm ready to marry you. We give her 12 months to prepare herself. Just like we give the woman 12 months. She says, I'm ready to marry. Okay, the man says, I need 12 months. Hashem betrothed us. And we gave Hashem not 12 months, we gave Hashem 3,300 and 34 years. And Hashem is still not ready. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready wearing the jewelry. We have the Tanakh, the, the, the 24 books of Moshe, we have the Mishnayis, and we have the Gemara, and we have the Rishad, and we have Hasidus, Rish- and we have Kabbalah, and we have Hasidus. The Jewish people are ready. Our buttons are polished. We're ready to go to the chuppah. Hashem refuses to go out. Three thousand, three hundred and thirty-three. is not enough time to prepare for a chuppah. And this was in the olden days. This Mishnah doesn't apply today. Because today the Jewish custom is a mini-gitzral toirehi that we don't wait between the betrothal and the chuppah. It's immediately. Under the chuppah we do both. We just read a k'suvah in between and that's it. So 3,334 years to separate between the kiddush and the betrothal and the marriage. The end of the chuppah. We're not even talking about the intimacy, the consummation of marriage. We're talking about the end of the chuppah. We didn't even start the chuppah. We never even got to the first kiss yet. The yichud room. That's going to be Mashiach Khan, There's so we have to break the table what's going on here Hashem has to practice the Torah he practices what he preaches why is he keeping his colors, beloved color in suspense for 3,334 years we're ready let him go to the chuppah immediately this moment this second this split second let him come out of the chuppah let Eliyahu Navi no blow the shoifer and conclude the gallas okay. and we should all dance in your shlai Mira and conclude this <laughs> conclude this uh in the Ishlaimish. Okay. So he says So we also give him twelve months not more. Shame from a widow, an thirty days. I guess both him and her. Because she doesn't have to work so hard to prepare for a wedding. Because she still has the adornments from her, from her first wedding, first marriage. The mm-hmm. same difference would be the groom. If it's his first marriage, we give him 12 months. If it's not his first marriage, if she's ready, she gives him she, we give him 30 days. Two others say no. We give the groom the same amount, whatever we give her. If she's a virgin, even though it's his second marriage. Long, if it's her first marriage, like she gets 12 months, he also lessons, gets 12 lessons. months. Okay, and that's they an argument. He, as Ma'amveli Nisu, what if the time comes and they were not married? He, he doesn't go to the chuppah. <laughs> an action, as an action, he doesn't want to go to the chuppah. Finds excuses. Hamas lois, why he doesn't want to go to the chuppah? So Eichelis Mishaloi, he's fully responsible to provide for all her needs. I'm ready to get married. I prepared. I'm ready. Well, well, what are you clutzing around? What are you wasting time? You refuse to go to go to marry. You have problems. That's your problem. You have to support his caller. Abraham has to support his caller and give her in full. Whatever he has to give her, when Mashiach comes, he has to give her right now. The Jewish people are ready. They can even eat turumma if they're, the husband is a Right. She's an Israelite. I'm ready to get married. I'm already eating truma. So, if you're not ready. Listen, go see a psychiatrist. It's not my problem. I'm ready. Is according to the Torah, she's allowed to eat truma the moment she's betrothed. The rabbi said she shouldn't eat truma. But We're gonna see, the, learn the reasons. Two, two different reasons that are given. But whatever it is, now she's ready to get married, and he's refusing to go out to the chuppah. She can already eat truma right away. Tarfin name and Tarfin says nice If he's a Kayan, all of her food he can give her him. He has an abundance of truma. Everyone gives him trumah, so he can feed her trum. Rabbi Kibevim says no Half of her food should be regular food, non sacred, and the other half should be truma. Why? Because it's very difficult for her. Ideally, someone. It sounds like ideally someone should listen to every word. Firstly, what if she's tame? She's impure. So she can't eat if she's in a state of impurity. So then she has to sell it. To sell it and buy buy non sacred food. The Kiva says no. You can't do that. Give her half and half. If when she's in state of purity, she can eat truma. and the other half, make it easier for her. And she can, You have to give her non sacred food. Ayyavam it continues, in the doesn't give his would-be wife, his brother's wife. Doesn't give the woman the right to eat When die. She was betrothed. Right. She was preparing for the wedding. And then her husband dies. So the Yavah doesn't give her a right to eat the the, you know, obviously the brother, the, the husband is a Kayin, and the brother is also a Kayan. Mm-hmm. Because until the actual yibum, until he actually is intimate with her, until he takes her in and married, yeah. you're not allowed to eat mm-hmm. the Truma. Even though she's bound to him, she's not allowed to marry anyone else, but nevertheless, she doesn't eat Truma until, until the marriage is actually consummated. But what if she spends six months preparing for a wedding with the first husband and then the husband dies and then she spends another six months to prepare for the, for the marriage to the brother her ex her deceased husband 's brother so altogether there are twelve months from when the first husband asked her to marry her the of. And even if all of them were before the husband. And the last day, one day before the twelve month period, the husband dies. Or after one day of preparation the husband dies. And the next the next twelve months minus a day she's preparing to marry the 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 Yavam, the brother in law. She's not allowed to eat. She's not allowed to eat through so it doesn't matter. As long as it's as long as it's twelve, 12 months, she's not allowed to eat the truma yet. Then the mission says this is the original teaching. Amru, the court that can follow them said that we continue inside B fifty seven B that the woman doesn't eat truma until she enters Khopah, even until the actual Nisuya. Even if it's beyond twelve months. Okay, Yamara will explain. How do we know this? Yeah. Even though it's only rabbinic, but where do we know the twelve months? Everything the rabbis do, they they, they, they su- find support in the Torah. When when uh, Eliezer came to make a shidduch for uh, for Yitzchak with Rivka so he wanted this. he said the next morning he says come I'm ready to go I'm ready to take her so the, the, lovin, morning, the, the mother uh, and the mother and, and Rivka's mother says wait wait let her stay with us let her sit with us let her be with us for <laughs> <laughs> yamim or ten my yamim. yamim what is yamim Even going to mean two days a person speaks this way today they said give us two days and he said no then they're going to say, get 10 days." <laughs> if he rejected two days, surely he's going to reject 10 days." So what's the conversation? The conversation makes no sense. He says, "Give us two days. No. Okay, give me 10 days. It doesn't make sense. Ella rather my yamim year it says, "The period of redemption is a year. It says, if you sell a house." If you sell a house in the in time when they had Jubilee, if you sell a house, it's in a Walden city. So, there it's not like a field. Here it's the exact opposite. You have the first year, one year to redeem the house. The owner has one year to redeem the house. But after the year, it's gone forever. It's not like a field. The field always goes back with Jubilee. Right. What's the year? So, in there, the title uses the language Yamun, means a year. So in Walden city, though, right? Yeah, Walden city. In Arch Yisrael. So, over here also, he says. Yum means a year. They said to him, loving, and, 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 his, and the mother said, "said give us a year. So he said no. So he said, okay, then at least give us ten. And then he said, okay, at least ten months. Not a full year, not twelve months. Give us ten months. That makes sense. So we see in the Torah, they ask for a year, because a bride needs a year to prepare for the wedding. Maybe Yamim maybe means a month. We also find the expression Yamim in, in, in relation to Chodesh. And 10 would mean 10 days. Okay, you don't want to give us a month. Give us at least uh, 10 days. Um, they're going to have chicken. They were asking for chicken. Hashem says, if for, You're going to have geese. You're going to have geese until Chodesh Yamim, until it's going to come out of your nose. <laughs> <laughs> they were complaining about the money. Fine, Hashem says, "You want meat? I'll give you geese." So chaydish. So your mother says, "Amri, we say donin yamim stam yamim stam." Better to learn yamim from yamim. It says, "Yamim tiyegalase." Verses yomim stam, Here it stam says yamim. Here it says they said to him, um, "Let let Rivka stay with us." Yamim. Period. Yamim. So better to learn yamim from yamim. It says yamim tiyagulasa. Yamim is a year, versus learning from chaydish yamim that the geese, you're going to have a geese for a month. Chaydish yam. Meindani yamim stam yamish tana we learn. ben lack. Both her and her father Good. even if she said I'm ready to marry the father says no I need time to prepare we understand why she can hold back the wedding she needs time to prepare she's not ready to to get married to have marital relationships so she wants to delay it for a year why should the father be allowed to to delay it if it's if she's ready to get married what difference does it make to the father why is the father interfering the, the groom wants, the bride wants, they're in love, they want to get married. So, well, why are you saying no? Why would the Torah empower him to say no? Not <laughs> so answers, yes. His reasoning is she doesn't understand the difficulties of marriage. What does she know? She's a minor. Yeah. Now she's all in love and excited, and tomorrow she's going to go kicking and screaming and she's, <laughs> she's going to run back to, to Papa. So I ask you enough, and then it's going to come back it's going to come back home to me so it's going to fall on me it's going to be a fiasco so he has a right say, listen you're not ready I can tell you you're not ready you don't, you don't know what you're getting into you don't know what marriage is I can tell you so he has a right you're not allowed to set a wedding date for a minor to marry while she's still a minor because she can't cope with marriage Rabbinically, he says, you're not allowed to even betroth a a girl, a minor. The only time you do it is if you have such extenuating circumstances. The father is so poor, he doesn't even have a shirt off his back to feed his daughters. He has no choice. But it's not a thing that you do. You can make a wedding date for a minor... When they're going to be, when she grows up, then they're going to get married. used to make shidduchim sometimes. They would make shidduchim even when they were in the crib. But when they're <laughs> going to grow up, they're going to marry. They made already a shidduch. The families, they committed that this girl is going to marry this boy, <laughs> both in the crib, two tzaddikim. They saw their souls in heaven. They're perfect for each other. But they're not going to get married when they're young. They get married when they grow up. they going to obviously. You have to teach us so you can make a setting, a wedding date for when she's an adult. Why not? I would think, maybe we should worry. Maybe she'll become weak. How could you commit now? Maybe just by committing now, it will weaken her. She'll be overwhelmed. What am I, what am I committing to? So Kamash is coming to teach us. No, you're allowed to set a wedding date. It's no problem. Just the mere setting a wedding date its not just the fear is not enough not not to set the wedding um, A woman who's a beette for one day she reached the age she's no longer a minor she not only a minor she already reached puberty, but she's six months into puberty she's twelve and So nice legislation when do we give twelve months if she is if she's younger, but once she reaches, if she's under twelve and a half but if she reaches twelve and a half in a day the first day and then he demands to get married then we only give her thirty days to prepare just like a widow Mm -hmm. because usually before she becomes a begetta she's already preparing for her marriage doesn't want any delays so she's already preparing that's what's on her mind and she's thinking so then the the last preparation she only needs thirty days I'll ask you. We learned, uh, he's like someone who who was asked to marry another you know, she should get the full twelve months. My love, Like a psula, a virgin who's who the husband demands he's ready to get married, and we give her twelve months. We see even the beginners we give her twelve months. He, says, no. he means like like you're you're asking you're demanding from a non version to get married, and, and you only get 30 days. Tashmar bring your proof. We learn in the Mishnah. Since once 12 months passed, we learn in the Mishnah. He's obligated to, to take care of her, to provide all of her needs as if they're married. Therefore, he also has a right to nullify her vows. If he's supporting her, he's treating her like a wife, even though they didn't uh, they didn't go to the chuppie yet. If he's treating her like a wife and he has to support her, he also has a right to nullify her vows. In other words, while she's betrothed, both the her father and the husband have to nullify her vows together. But once she's married, then it's exclusive exclusively for the husband right. to nullify her vows. So he says once, at 12 months past, and he's supporting her, then it says if she's married and he gets the exclusive rights to nullify her fire vash. You offer it So what do we see from here? What's the question? Begettis, he waits 12 months. It says a begettis that waits 12 months and the time for a begetis. even if he's ready to marry, we give her 12 months. Not like Rabbi Zuhuna that says he only gets 30 days. Mm-hmm. He says, Amos, hey, say, begetis Or... One who waited 12 months. Abigetas means th- only 30 days. A Abigetas who waited 30 days. Or someone younger who, who gets the full 12 months and already the 12 months pass. Since he's obligated to support her, therefore he has the right to nullify your vows. Tashma bring your proof. We one who betrothes the virgin? the husband. Is, the man's, is ready to get married, right. and she is delaying. or she is ready to get married. The husband is delaying. They have a right. They have a right to delay it for twelve months, from the time of they demanded to get married. They could be betrothed already earlier, but until the time, we give them 12 months from the time that they demand, okay, I want to get married. Okay, give me 12 months from that time. But not from the time of the betrothed. But if she becomes a begettess, it's as if she's been solicited. Right. Kate said, this if she's a begettess, she's 12 and a half in a day, and then becomes a betrothed. They solicited. She's given 12 months. It's, even if it doesn't say, I want to marry you, even before any of them demand, we just automatically give, we kick in, we start counting the 12 months. Right. Because she's a yem. We give 30 days. Yamada will explain later. What do you mean a Rus, uh, betrothal? We were talking about a betrothal. What do you mean betrothal 30 days? So, but what do we see from here? We see clearly in the Brayse that a begett he You get 12 months. Not like Ravuna says. The mother says, you're right. The Ravuna is refuted. The Ravuna is refuted. The Yufta. is This a refutation. Oh, The Yamada says, you have says, yeah, yeah, it is a refutation. what does the Braisim mean? And for a betrothed woman, we give her 30 days. We're talking about a betrothed woman and we give her 12 months. Either from when either of them demand from the other to enter into the marriage, so we start counting the 12 months, or the moment she becomes a begetter, we start counting 12 months. So what do you mean Larusa This is what the Brais is saying. Begetterish name. The bagus in the skatch, I beget already the 12 months passed, and then became betrothed. In other words, she's uh, 13 and a half, and then she became betrothed. Then you only give her 30 days like a widow. Mm-hmm. Once you reach past 12 months, 13 and a half, then okay. Mishnah says, he is mumbling, so the time arrived and they were not married, they can eat truma. If a Yisrael, she's an Israelite, and she may be betrothed to a koyin, she she's not allowed to eat truma, but if the time has come, and he refuses to go to the marriage, and he has to take care of her, she's allowed to eat truma. Biblically, even the betrothal, the moment you become betrothed, you're allowed to eat truma. The wife, who's, a, who's an Israelite, is allowed to eat truma, even though a non kohen is not allowed to eat truma. You get the death in the hands of Hashem. But the wife is allowed to. Because it says, mm-hmm. it says, the koyin, when he acquires a person, acquisition of money, marriage is also, the wife is also an acquisition of money. It's one of the ways he betrothed, and that's what we do today. Right? With a ring, with a, right. something of value, with money. So therefore, he acquires her, and therefore she has a right. So why do we say that a betrothed woman is not allowed to eat Trum? It's only rabbinic. Mm-hmm. we're worried since she's in the father's house and her her family is Israelites. If she's going to eat truma, they're going to eat it. They're going to eat what she eats, or she she'll feed them. She'll, she'll she'll prepare supper the breakfast for them from her teruma. So all her servants our... are that's the house. What does it help me? Why is it any different if the time has come? Already 12 months passed and he refuses to go and he has to take care of her. But she's still living in the father's house. So how do you how does the mission allow her to eat the truma? Why are we allowing it to eat the truma? You have the same worry that she's gonna feed her brothers and her sisters. Mm-hmm. So answers, Hasum duchtumyakidlaw that case he makes a place for her to eat away from the family a special place where she eats the truma, in other words once the time comes to the wedding and he becomes obligated to take care of her, of her needs, yeah. so he designates a place for her, out of the father's house because mm-hmm. he, doesn't, he doesn't want her to feed, he doesn't want to feed her, his whole, her whole family right. he's responsible to feed her, I'm feeding you, not your whole family you know, you're 15 brothers and sisters. I want to <laughs> feed you? So, I mean, he's in a designated place. You come to this hotel, and you'll have a. I paid for dinner for you, and supper, and breakfast. But it's only you, yeah. not not anyone else. Yeah. If that's the case, it yeah. koyun is working as a farm man for Yisrael should not be allowed to eat truma. Since he's working in the household of Israelites, if he's going to eat truma, they're going to come to eat with him says, Now that they feed him from their own food, will they eat from his food? They're feeding him. He's, he's a farmhand. He's living in their house and their room and board on them. So they're feeding him, not he's feeding them. So what's the risk? The family is going to take his food. They're feeding him. It's not his responsibility to feed them. He's not going to feed them. What about a Yisrael that works for a koyim? Then uh, that should be a problem because they're feeding him. If he's a farmhand of a family of koyim, then why aren't you worried that they're responsible to feed him? They're going to feed him turuma. Because when you feed, when you have a responsibility and you're feeding someone, you're, not, you're very careful what you feed him. You're feeding him, you know, you have to take care of him. You're feeding him what you have to feed him. You're not you, you 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 notice, you know what they're giving him. So they're gonna be careful, they're only gonna give him things that he could eat, they're not gonna give him something that he can eat. Mm-hmm. But a guest, a guest, he's very generous. He'll he's not looking what so a guest. He wants to he wants to be generous with his host. Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll share with them if he's a koyan he's gonna share with them his truma. So that's what that's what you asks. That's the only question. So the says no. He's he's not gonna they're feeding him, he's not feeding them, so you don't have to worry about that. Another reason, and another reason uh, why the rabbi said that a betrothed woman is not allowed to eat, through, even though biblically she's allowed to, she's already acquired uh, financially by, by her husband. And because maybe he's going to find that she has an illness or something that he wasn't aware of. And it's going to cancel the whole... Retroactively, it's going to cancel the whole Kiddushan. The whole thing was a mistake. Unfortunately, you hear engagements, and then they break up. The whole thing was a, was, a, was, a, was a mistake, a false premise. So the whole Kiddushan is called into question. So she was never allowed to eat the Truma. That's yeah. what we're worried about. Yahweh, if that's the reason, if that's the case, so even if they go into the Chuppah, until she should not be allowed to eat, until... She's intimate. Because again, maybe she'll find out that she's a cripple or things he never knew she never shared with him. Right. Until she's intimate with her, until he's intimate with her, he doesn't know. He doesn't really know and maybe he'll find the type of defect that calls into question the whole thing was a false assumption. She sold him a bill of goods. It was a con. And there's no condition. It's like it's, 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 the whole thing was a, was a wrong condition. Therefore, retroactively, she wasn't allowed to eat ruma. So I shouldn't allow her to eat Ruma until he's intimate with her. There's you know if the batek loved the mile. A, a person is not going to get married. He's not going to bring her into the chuppah until he checks her out. because he can't check her out. He's going to have a sister check her out. Those who go with her into the to the bathhouse, those who go with her into the pool, right. they're not going to check her out. So he's not. He knows what he's buying. He knows what he's what he's getting into. He doesn't just do it blindly. No. But he becomes obligated once twelve months pass. He becomes obligated to take care of her. Right. He's not going to spend money on her. Unless he checked her out and knows that she is okay, yeah. that's the case. According to the Shmuel that's the case. That's the reason. A koyin slave who was bought from Yisroel, who was bought from Yisroel, should not eat A slave is a, a Koyan is a to eat but maybe was from Simpan, maybe it'll turn out. That the whole sale was wrong. I find out that this this, this guy is useless, <laughs> and therefore the whole sale was no good. So I shouldn't allow him to eat the But it symptom says, huh? "Simpton lack There's no such thing as nullifying uh, the purchase of slaves. Why? Because if it's a defect that you can see from the outside, you can see it. What do you mean? You saw exactly what you're getting into. What you're buying. You can't claim later, well, it was a it was a false assumption. If it's an inner inner thing, it's something that's not exposed. It wouldn't nullify it. Why? Because I hired a servant to work. I didn't care what's going on. His, his inner problems, his inner defects. That's, that's not a problem. He can still work. Yeah. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a false assumption. Because if you can't see it on the outside, it won't affect your strength or your ability to work. Nim's a Ganev. And if it turns out that he's a Ganev, he's a thief, oh, he could be Eustace or a, or a kidnapper, a gangster, mafiosi. Then it's also valid. Because that's his luck. Because you should expect that every thief, is every, every slave... Don't forget, a slave has very low morals. This is a person who has no ego, a person who has no, you know, it's a person who has no pride, no ego. A slave has no ego. He doesn't work for himself, he works for his owner. His whole being is to serve his owner. He's a a servant, he's a slave. You know, I don't know why people are trying to go back to slavery. It completely crushes your ego. So what do you expect? A person who has no morals, no ego, no pride, of course he's going to end up being a gunner. What do you expect? break into stores and steal and destroy and burn and loot and cheat. There's no pride. There's no soul. There's no ego. There's no person there. It's like a, it's like a chaya. So you bought a slave. Well, what do you expect? Do you expect anything better? You know what you're getting into. So mayika. So what, what reason could it be to invalidate if list in Mizuya in if you're gonna say because he's an armed robber, or the government is looking for him, he's in the most wanted list. <laughs> that everyone knows about. They how they hang up posters, everyone knows about these people. So again, you can't argue, I didn't know. Yeah. Therefore, there's no reason for the servant not to be continued effort.